0: Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. We want to welcome you to another week in our series, The Kingdom is Like. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that is planted in a field. Let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's word has for us from our resident pastor, Ramon Belagamba. I really hope um, that
1: this series has, has been freeing for y'all. I really hope so. That we're learning about what the kingdom is like. Now we're learning that in this series, the kingdom is not on our shoulders. That Jesus is ruling and reigning and we are just joining him and doing things for his kingdom. That it's up to us to only just be obedient to the call, to the call of sowing those seeds in the fields, to being just obedient to God and not worrying about whether the fruit that, that, that rises, that, that, that blooms, it's not upon us. I think that's something that in, so far in this series that Pastor Antoine and I have, have sought to make really clear to you all. And today, continuing, I hope that we can rest that we could rest in the fact that no matter what's going on out in the world, that no matter what's going on in our immediate environment, that the kingdom of God will still advance. That Christ is still ruling. That Christ is still putting everything under his headship. That it doesn't matter that the world can't see the invisible kingdom. The world doesn't have the Holy Spirit. The world cannot have the eyes of faith. So we can't expect human kingdoms to to do what only God could do with his kingdom. And the world questions the sincerity of the church, especially in this day. They question is Christianity even good? Or useful or if it's even needed in the world today or are we just part of the problem the civilization that we live in doesn't even realize that all the things that that we enjoy all of the the liberties that we enjoy all of the health care that we enjoy all of the education that we enjoy all of that came from the church that wanted to be involved in the broader society for its good. And the thing that, that, that brings joy to my heart, that brings joy to my heart, is that knowing that the kingdom always grows the most when the church is in conflict. The blood of the martyrs spread the gospel forth in the first couple of centuries. You got to think, in America, we haven't been in conflict. The church has had a privileged place in the society. But you know where the church is growing right now? The church is growing in Asia. The church is growing in Africa. The church is growing in in. South America, the church is growing all of the places where the kingdom is confronted by the kingdoms of this world. And the thing about it is that the kingdom always grows also when the children of the kingdom are faithful to the king. That's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about us continually seeking to sow seeds. to to sow the word of God, to preach the gospel, to announce to the world that the king has not left his world. The creator of this world is still at work in this world. He's just calling people to be faithful to him, to be faithful to the kingdom. And family, I want y'all to know that the growth in the kingdom, it's not measured by the growth of our churches, but the growth of the kingdom is measured by the influence of heaven on earth. When heaven is present on earth, we see righteousness prevail. We see God's people growing in likeness. God's people growing in holiness, God's people being about mercy and justice out in the world. We see God's people bringing the gospel of peace to a world that so desperately needs it, that needs well-being, that needs ordered relationships, that needs an ordered society. And our world needs the joy of the Lord when the society knows that they have peace with God, they can bring that joy to neighbor. We can't expect the human kingdoms of this world to bring peace, to bring equity, to bring order because the kingdoms of this world always rule in unrighteousness and unrighteousness always begets chaos and it begets no peace. So when the human kingdoms, which are always in rebellion to God and his design for his world and, and the order that he has placed things, when the church follows the world, the church always is a victim. The church always is destroying the kingdom rather Seeking It's actually seeking to destroy the kingdom rather than to advance the kingdom. So when we seek to first seek the kingdom, family, it's a call for us to worship first, but it's also a call for us to be faithful to the will of God in our lives. And as you're going to learn today, it's a call for us to, to worship and to witness. It's a call for us to worship. And it's a call for us to witness. And the will of God for our lives is for us to participate in the advancement of the kingdom. And today's text is showing us what the kingdom is like, yes, but it's also reminding us that we must first seek the kingdom to advance the growing kingdom, that we must seek first the kingdom to advance the growing kingdom. And in this message, I'm really focusing on the the witness part of us seeking first the kingdom, which this church is built upon. And we're going to learn that for us to first seek the kingdom is a call for us to be seeking to make disciples and seeking to restore all things. And that first leads us to seeking to make disciples So, in this text in in verse 31, we have to remember that unlike the last time I preached, the last time I preached, it, it showed us a little bit of Jesus preaching to the crowd, but then also Jesus was preaching to the committed. And when he explained his parable of the wheat and the weeds, but when we're talking about the mustard seed and the leaven, Jesus is preaching to a mixed audience, he's preaching to the wheat and the weeds. He doesn't tell us, when he preaches to the crowd, he always leaves it in the parables and he doesn't explain it because not everybody is receptive to the message of the kingdom. And you see in this, you see in this parable that Jesus, he is super intentional with his illustration. That he's chosen two everyday things that people in, in the Hebrew culture were very familiar with, but that he was also he was also throwing a little bit of shade to, to certain individuals that may have not believed his message. See, firstly, he mentions a mustard seed. A mustard seed, if you know anything about it, the mustard seed is the small, it was the smallest seed that could be planted. It's the smallest seed known to be in Palestine. It was smaller than the head of a pen. And he also chose to speak about a mustard seed not only because of its its small, almost hidden size, but Jesus also spoke to the fact that a mustard seed, it didn't matter what type of soil you put it in, that joint was going to, that joker was going to grow. (laughs) That was going to grow. But the thing about it is Jesus put a little bit of over-exaggeration to it because the thing about a mustard seed, a mustard seed only produces like a bush, like, just think about a hedge or something like that in your, in your yard. A mustard seed only comes to that size. But what is Jesus telling his audience? He is telling his audience that it's going to grow tall. It's going to be an enormous tree like the cedars. And the reason why, why Jesus is specific about this is because if you read through the prophets, in particular, um, Ezekiel, and you can read a little bit of it in Daniel as well. You'll see that you'll see a connection that Jesus is making here when he's when he's judging the nations and when he's speaking about them. He's always talking about them as being these tall trees that will be one day cut down. And he wants to make it like hyperbole for his audience, for them to see that the little the little the little tree, the little mustard tree will one day be like what the nation's. Are, 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 are in his mind, those tall trees. So that little burning bush is gonna be a large tree because it points to the kingdom of God, family. It points us back to the tree of life. So it points us to the supremacy of Christ in this world. His kingdom will never fail. When we place our hope in government, to be the solution to our problems, it's always going to fail us. Government ain't a good God. So when we place our hope in the in, in government as our God or, or many other things as our God, it will fail us. So let me point y'all to something in Ezekiel 17. Ezekiel 17 verses 22 to 24. That kind of unpacks what I'm telling y'all about why why Jesus spoke about the mustard, the mustard seed in this way. This is what the Lord God says. I will take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar and plant it. I will pluck a tender sprig from its topmost shoots and I will plant it on a high towering mountain. I will plant it on Israel's high mountain so that it may bear branches, produce fruit and become a majestic cedar. Birds of every kind will nest under it, taking shelter in the shade of its branches. Then all the trees of the field will know that I am Lord. I bring down the tall tree and I make the low tree tall. I cause the green tree to wither and make the, and make the withered tree thrive. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do. Family, this is good news, y'all. The fact that there's branches for, for those who were not part of the nation of Israel to be included into the covenant of the, of, of the kingdom of God. That means that in, in, in those verses is telling us that Christ is including the Gentiles. Christ is including the Gentiles, and that means us. That means that we have a way to be into the kingdom of God, that Christ was telling the nation of Israel, he's telling the crowd that the Gentiles, the despised, the low, the marginalized, he said, welcome to the party. That is what the kingdom of God must be. We have to tell the people who think they, they can't come to God that they can now be in the family of God. And the thing about it, something that he also was telling them, this, he was telling them something that they didn't want to see. He was telling them that his kingdom wasn't going to be this big, powerful kingdom. That he wasn't going to ride in on horses. That the chariots weren't coming to take over the Roman Empire. He was telling them that his kingdom was going to be three things. It was going to be hidden. It was going to be growing. And it was going to be lasting. And that doesn't change today. It's still hidden. The kingdom is still growing. And the kingdom will always be lasting. And just like. Those in Jesus' day who sought that the kingdom was going to look different. Us today, we think, we wish that the kingdom looked a little bit different too. There are certain people in the church who feel like every justice initiative that we're going to help usher in the kingdom. Like, like we can provide, we can help follow the world's way, this yearning for utopia on earth. And that we could just... We can just throw away anything that we believe, all of our doctrine, and follow the wave of the world, and that's the kingdom. that we can serve the God of the, the gods of this world, and that we are going to continue to serve the kingdom of God. Then you have, on the other hand, the other extreme, you have those that feel like like the political kingdom of America will be, is able to be the kingdom of God, that that's what that's what God is calling us to do, that we could, we could control Nebuchadnezzar, whoever is in the White House, and that is going to be the way to usher in the kingdom of God. That This text tells us that is not what the church is called to. It's not. So we always, our hearts always easily long for, we long for the kingdom of the resurrection, we want that power. We always want that power. But we never want to settle, or not even settle, but we never want to acknowledge the kingdom of the cross. That we never want to suffer. But if our Lord suffered, if our king suffered in this earth, and he died for us to restore creation and to bring us back to true humanity, why should Why should we not want to suffer for the kingdom? Why should we not want to long for the things of God? This is why the soils of our hearts, they have to be right. The soils of our hearts have to be right. Because if the word of God isn't producing obedience in us, if we're not bearing fruit in and through our lives, we're not seeking first the kingdom. If our worship ain't right, our witness will never be right. If, first, if our hearts don't seek first the kingdom, we won't witness to the kingdom and we won't make disciples. We'll just literally be lip service. We got we to be about it. We got to walk about it. We got to be about it. And if we're seeking to make disciples, we have to remember that the kingdom of God and the word of God can grow in any environment. And we got receipts for that, 1 Peter one let Let's talk about that gospel. Because you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. The kingdom and the word of God it doesn't matter what it looks like out in the world. what the field looks like, It's still going to produce growth. It's a call for us to preach the word of God and to embody the gospel of the kingdom. The thing about this, that we can always have such confidence. Because of this truth, because the gospel is imperishable, because the kingdom is hidden and advancing, we can go out there with all boldness. And the pandemic, this pandemic, this crisis has exposed a lot in people's hearts. And it's softened some soil. And people are looking for a solution to their problems. People are looking any and everywhere outside of the kingdom of God. But think kingdom. We have to take advantage of that. There are people around us who are desperately seeking, but they don't know that they're seeking God. They're looking for order to the chaos. They're looking for renewal. They want prosperity, but the only way to lasting prosperity in this life and the life to come is following Jesus and participating in his kingdom. So it's a call for us that we have to continuing, continue embodying the presence of the kingdom. It's a call for us to keep proclaiming the kingdom because without embodiment of the kingdom, we won't make disciples now. People don't want to hear about what the church got to say because the church has failed to embody the way of the kingdom and the culture. We got no currency to the culture. Why do I want to be a Christian right now? Do I just want to be haters of certain people groups? Do I want to be oppressors of certain people that want to come to this country for liberty? Why do I want to be a part of somebody who's not bringing anything to the culture? Family, our faith is a faith that is viral. We are all here today because the kingdom of God was advancing and the gospel went viral. Going viral is a common phrase right now. It's been for a few years now. Everybody wants to go viral. Everybody wants to not be in obscurity, but they want to be in a place of of influence and celebrity. The kingdom of God started in obscurity and for many still remains in obscurity. But we need to be the people that make the kingdom of God go viral. That needs to be what we're seeking to do, that we are preaching the gospel message, that we are embodying the gospel to the point where people question, like, why is that person so gentle? Why is that person so peaceful? Why does that person have so much joy? Why is that person so loving, so compassionate, so caring? People don't want to know how much we know in our Bibles. They want to know how much we care about them. That's what people want. We can have all this Bible knowledge, but we could be a dead heartbeat to those around us because we don't love people. We have to be people who embody the gospel. We got to be evangelists for the kingdom of God, not an evangelist for anything else. Because the world always has its evangelists. If we could talk about the Panthers all the time, why can't we talk about Jesus? If we could talk about crypto, why can't we talk about Jesus? Like there's so many things that the world is talking about. They're talking about that next brewery. They're talking about that next restaurant opening. They're talking about it. Why can't we talk about Jesus? Why can't we be bold about it? We have to seek to make disciples. And we have to do that by proclaiming the kingdom and demonstrating the kingdom. Because if we demonstrate the kingdom, we can show that we're seeking to restore all things. So Jesus in verse 33, he continues to share with the crowd how his kingdom grows and he switches it up again. He's comparing it with yeast. And yeast, if you know any, anything about the Old Testament, yeast in the Old Testament is seen as a few things. It's seen as corruption and it's, considered, it's seen usually to associate with evil. So Jesus, in his, in his analogy there, he's actually showing that the kingdom of God is redeeming the leaven and how he's using it that if you know anything about leaven it doesn't take a lot of leaven to to make that bread rise it transforms bread we know what unleavened bread looks like we've all had wafers but it's a little bit of leaven in the bread that transforms the dough so Jesus is making it clear to his audience those that that those who have eyes that can see and those that have ears that can hear, he is telling them that the kingdom of God is supposed to grow, spreading throughout all of creation. That the kingdom of God is, is supposed to transform culture. That the presence of heaven is supposed to be spread throughout the earth. And he wants everyone to know that his reign and rule will be all over creation one day. That's what our hearts must long for. That's the message our hearts must preach, that we want for others, that we want Christ to rule and reign in their hearts because we know that they are spiritually dead without him and that they don't know their own way. The culture is telling us that the light is within us. No, we have to point people to the light. We have to point people to the kingdom of God. That King Jesus is waiting for them. He is waiting to transform lives. He is waiting to transform neighborhoods. He's waiting to transform schools. He is waiting to transform families. Like the gospel transforms lives. People Come to faith in the gospel, and people can honestly change the world. There are so many things that Christ wants to do through you, family. He doesn't want you to continue to live the lives that you've been living. If we haven't been seeking first the kingdom, especially in this area of witness, we can worship so much that we don't remember those around us. That we could be so consumed with just spending time to worship that we never leaven the culture around us. That we never influence people coming to Christ. We all have people around us that God is just calling us to witness to. But we're so consumed with either Just worship for ourselves or worship of other God replacements. That we are no earthly good when heaven needs to come down to earth. Isaiah, we're going to pick up a couple of things and speaks about God. God's going to rain one day. Let's turn to Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45 verses 22 and 23. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. By myself I am sworn. Truth has gone from my mouth, a word that will not be revoked. Every knee will bow to me. Every tongue will swear allegiance. Oh, let's move that to the New Testament now. Philippians 2. See how this this Bible kind of connects? The story kind of has that cohesion. (laughs) Philippians 2, verses 10 and 11. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The kingdom, we have the message of jubilee. Jesus is Lord, period. We need to believe it. We need to proclaim it. And the kingdom is advancing, so it will come to pass. So literally every day through this age, the Holy Spirit is restoring all things under King Jesus. And we have the opportunity, we have the opportunity to participate in God's restoration in two ways. Embodying the kingdom and announcing the kingdom. I'm continually saying this to you blue in the face with this message. We must embody and announce. That is how we're going to make disciples think kingdom. That is how we're going to restore all things around us in kingdom. Bringing the presence of heaven to a hell-bound earth, to a fallen earth. The gospel transforms societies. When we have peace with God, when we have will, well-being, body, and soul, we also know that the gospel could transform relationships. So once we have rightly ordered relationships around us we can, and we embody that, we show that reality with the love of our, of, our, of our church, we can be a transforming, leavening influence in the society. That we realize that we need, we're called to bring truth to the culture. That we realize that we, we are called to bring goodness to the culture. And that we also remember that we are called to bring beauty to the culture. God has given every single person in here some some spiritual gifts and just some God-given gifts that he already gave you before you were even in Christ. He is calling you to use those gifts for his kingdom. He is calling us to do that. He is calling us to saturate all places saturate. We want it wet. We want it very wet. We want it saturated with the gospel. He's calling us to bring life and light, life to dead places, light to dark places. That is what he's calling us to do. We preached through a series, seeing through a kingdom lens. That's a vision of what life looks like. For the kingdom of God. What, how we should be living on earth as it is in heaven. That we have this vision, this comprehensive vision of life for thinking, for being, and for doing. Yeah. That we could be that salt, salt and light yeah. where we live, where we work, and we play. And in that, we could be seeking the restoration of all things. Bottom line, family, the kingdom of God is about the restoration of all things. As comprehensive as the fall was and how sin impacted everything, God is renewing all things. And he's asking us to just be obedient and participate in this renewal. The world is bankrupt on solutions. Man, they thought they had it this time. They think think technology was never going to fail them. They thought that that we had got all this medical knowledge, that nothing, no pestilence or anything was going to beset, no plagues was going to beset us anymore. Babylon ain't got the answers. Babylon doesn't know the way to renewal. Prosperity ain't coming like it was, like how they thought. Love, love, you need the fruit of the Spirit for love. If there's no fruit of the Spirit, love isn't love. Unrighteousness isn't love. We have to be those people that ain't afraid to, to say that. We can't be afraid to announce the kingdom of God to people. We can't. The reality of it is, family, is if the gospel is transforming our hearts, we will seek to join Jesus in restoring all things. If the gospel is captivating our hearts that much, if the gospel is just another, just another story to you, it's not the foremost thing in your heart right now, it's not compelling your heart every day, you're not going to go get it. You're just going to slumber through when God has asked you to use them talents. You, you don't want to be that person that, on that day that he says, what did you do with your talents? You don't want to be that person. We have to embody the presence of the kingdom. Now, how do we embody the presence of the kingdom? We show love. We show mercy and we do justice. That's how we embody the presence of the kingdom. That we naturally just exude the fruit of the spirit to those in our presence. That people know that the presence of Christ lives through us. That Christ who's reigning in the heavenly places is reigning and ruling through our hearts. So we're just loving others. And if we love others, we're going to introduce them to our elder brother, our king. So in a fallen world, our greatest apologetics, when I say apologetics, I mean not just the defense to the faith, but also revealing the faith to people will always be in how we love one another and how we seek the common good of our neighbors and the kingdom. There are two ways that people will be able to hear the message of the gospel, how we love one another and how we embody the kingdom for the common good of our neighbors. Something that has captivated my heart just seeing this, because being a school teacher in one of the roughest schools in the Charlotte metro area, it captivated my heart to see recently um, a video, um, it's called Dads on Duty. CBS News, it it's went viral now, see if you haven't seen it, just type in Dads on Duty. How a group of men, I don't even know if any of these men know Christ they sought, because there's so much violence in this local high school, that they sought to come together and to patrol and just love on the kids in the schools, that they decided to take shifts and to always have a presence at that school. In a school that literally had fights every day was constantly in chaos since the dads have come on duty nothing but peace nothing but peace so my thinking if man could think of a solution to restore order in a school can't the can't the can't the people of god come together and restore some things in our communities. Thinking, them, Can't we do that in some dark places, in some places where dead things is the common place? Like God is calling us to something more. We don't have to be this big mega church to be seeking to restore all things. We just have to be people who said that we're going to sow our seeds to the kingdom of God to join Jesus and what he's doing out in the world and announce and embody the presence of his kingdom. What many things can we do? We've already done some great things, but what could we do more to help in this Kannapolis area? What could we do more to help in the Concord area? What could we do more in the city of Charlotte? What can't we do if we choose to be a collective on mission for his kingdom? There's literally nothing that our hearts can't do. We have a lot of talent in this room and even online. There's so much talent that God wants to utilize that we are strong is our weakest link and I really believe there's no weak links in our body so we all can be utilized how could we do this for his kingdom here and now in 2021 and going into 2022 so I want to just leave y'all with some quick closing applications I want y'all to abide in Jesus we have to abide in Jesus. We gotta hang with Jesus. We gotta hang in those moments of solitude. If you don't have a weekly Sabbath, I encourage you to just have some time where you just refresh in Jesus and enjoy your loved ones. Finding those weekly rhythms. Like Jesus just wants to hear from us. Jesus just wants us to know that he's there. Meditate on scripture. Just abide in Jesus because your worship fuels your witness. Your worship always fuels your witness. I don't expect y'all to witness on an empty tank. I need y'all to abide with Jesus. Let's fill that tank up. Next. Let's just have a time of honest confession with God. You know, a lot of us in a lot of different places. But I'm calling us to examine ourselves. Are we first seeking the kingdom of God? Like I said, that means that we examine ourselves not only in our worship, but we first seeking the kingdom and making all our priorities and all our decisions in life revolve around the kingdom. What about our witness? Where are we not? placing our faith in Jesus and what he could do with his kingdom. Our world needs to know about that mustard seed. Our world needs to know that there is good leaven in the world and it could transform anything. And last application I want, y'all, I want y'all to pray. Ask the Holy Spirit, to help you become a better listener. That's listening to God first. That's listening to our body here at Think Kingdom. And then ask God to help you start listening in the neighborhood. Those three places. I just want y'all to dwell in the word. Dwell, abide in the word with Christ. Dwell in prayer, dwell in meditation dwell in solitude. Just find that time to just let the busyness of life go away. Because busy is always going to be there. Work's always going to be there. You got to find those pockets of time where you just commune with God before you can be on commission with God. So, if we are, if we are a faithful people who spend time making sure that the soils of our heart is right because we're abiding with Jesus. How might just all these places that God has given us influence, how might they just transform to the glory of God and people come into his kingdom? We want people to come into his kingdom. We all know people who are not who have not entered into the kingdom of God. We know many people who think that they are a part of the kingdom of God. But there's no fruit, there's no evidence of the kingdom of God or the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. May we announce the kingdom to them. May we help show them that to follow Jesus it costs. We could say we believe in Jesus, but in the here and now, are we entering into the cost of following him and his kingdom right now? We can't wait to that day where his kingdom is fully realized, but we have, to, we have to help people know about the invisible kingdom. That God is ruling and reigning in Christ that we don't shy away from it, but that we announce it and we embody it. Man, things will look different and we should want better for the places around us, for the people around us, that we should want the restoration of our communities, our city, our nation, we should want that restoration. So, family, I just really want us to see ourselves that we are participants in the kingdom. I don't, want us to be a, I don't want us to be a body that just wants to be recipients of the benefits of the kingdom. I want us to be participants, that we're joining Jesus in the renewal of all things that he is bringing back into his kingdom. That's how we can be, see that the kingdom is like the mustard seed in the leaven. Let us help advance the growing kingdom by seeking first the kingdom. That's the only way we know how. Let's pray.
0: A message from pastor ramon and the kingdom is like we must seek first the kingdom to advance the growing kingdom now if you're blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you If you ever feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you are absolutely anywhere near Charlotte, the surrounding areas, come on by. Visit us here at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Or you can join us online every Sunday at 10.33 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, and even Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back, hear this message, so much more right here when I thinking a podcast.